everybody. Welcome back to season two. My name's Jack Hinkle. My name's Steve Peterson. And this is Chops Podcast, a podcast about the love of teaching, the it's love of It's about the content. trifecta, the love of... You just said it. I, dang it! <laughs> new year, new talk. The love of... Teaching. The love of... Content. The love of... Students. And knowing your... Content. And knowing your... Teaching. And knowing your... Students. There you go. There we go. That's great. That's good. So we got we got renewed. We talked to our editing team and our communications team, and they Gosh. were down for a new season. So um, suckers. It's it. It's it. We got Second it. Second season. Who wow. knew? Who knew? How Who many knew? episodes did we have in the first season? Twenty six. Gosh, that's half a year, Jack. We're on to something. Maybe this time next year we'll have ten followers. No, I'm just kidding. We have no. more than that. Okay. I am interested though. Um, I'm fascinated by the number of TikTok views versus the number of podcast subscribers isn't that messed up yeah so our, our listeners may know we had a, a tiktok go somewhat viral i asked some of the kids if it was big enough to call it viral and they said yes really yeah 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 they said it was a lot yeah so we had we had a, a little moment of fame and um we did get a ton of tiktok followers from that like yes. a ton of but not many in the podcast i i have in the last week i've run into two people that i don't see that much one is a former student who works at a local retail store that said my gosh i love your podcast tiktok that tiktok thing was hilarious and then i saw my brother who <laughs> hadn't talked to in a couple of weeks in indianapolis and he's like talking about that he saw the tiktok yeah fascinating no, that's that's that is really interesting to, when you think about that. No, that was cool. We got our little moment in the spotlight. So is that over? Can we get it back? I think it's it. I do get like notifications every day for that podcast or for that TikTok. Like okay. every day, they they still come in, but it, it is it is waned. It's slowing down. So we so we got to make new content because our goal is to get TikTok teacher famous. That's all our goal. That's all we're in it for. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, wait. Do you have a New Year's resolution, Jack? Oh, my New Year's resolution. Teacher Jack? Do you have one? I don't have one locked and loaded. Right I now. don't usually do one. I don't think I've... It's been a long time since I've done one. I mean, I commonly in January, like, don't eat sugar. Really? You do that? Yeah. I feel like my January is only sugar. Yeah, it's because of, like, December. is like... <laughs> That's true. It's it's rough. Oh, so January is a slowdown. You get it back in. Yeah. Because if you do all your working out early on, wait, no, we already talked about that. Okay. Boop, cut it. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, Steve, we're talking about demons today. Demons. 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 This is a ghost hunting po podcast today. No. Um, we're we're talking about like having a. Oh, there's always something. Oh, the demons. There's always something. That haunts you. Okay. It's true. Okay, this is when I think I learned it, Jack, that there were demons. It was in college. And I just had, to, I kind of had this discussion yesterday with my son about, we were talking about school and about academics and about adjusting to college life. Okay. And that early on, my process of writing papers doing research, getting projects done, studying for tests was kind of a sprint. And I didn't enjoy the process, nor really cared to know about the process of playing long ball. 
So when you come into a college class and you know that you had 12 or 18 weeks, depending what your grading system looked like, instead of like taking the, what the professor had given you, the syllabus, and charting a course for you about reading and note-taking and developing an essay or developing uh, a paper and studying for these three tests that you know that are going to happen on this material, that became a, a paper in the back of my folder early on in my college career. So it ended up being a lot of sprinting to the deadline, which meant a lot of forced late nights to get things on time and a lot of panic and anxiety built up. Then when that project was done or the test or exam was done, then it was like this relief. Whew. And then inevitably, five days later, something new was on the horizon and I got to put my attention towards that and get more stressed out and focused on that. And then that would pass, I would relax for two days and then something new was on the horizon. So it was just kind of like this bad up, down, up, down, up, down of not kind of being more, not being consistent with my effort and not being consistent with my organization and treating some projects, um, giving them more power than they needed to have. What was the uh, emotional feeling at that point? in the midst of it or after it? Well, euphoric. After? After. During complete panic. Regret? <laughs> Regret? I can remember a time. <laughs> I can remember a time that we lived in a suite my freshman year, and we, um, two of us had the same music theory history teacher called musicianship. Or that, w that was the class called musicianship. And my, one roommate and myself were like, had totally played. He was the great procrastinator. And I think I learned a lot of bad habits from him. Mm -hmm. And I was panicking to get this paper done on Renaissance music, something, you know. And it was done too late. It was done, it was too rushed, and it was not done well. But it was over a compressed 24 hours, right? And it was kind of an all-night situation. And the one of my other roommates was not in the music department. He was in computer science. And at like 10 o'clock that night, he was all curled up in his bed with his little blank blank and just like... <sighs> And I just wanted to pile drive him. I just wanted to jump on the bed and like, Gah! because I was like so envious. I was and I was mad at myself. I wasn't mad at him, but I put myself in that position that I, I procrastinated. Why'd you do that, Steve? Because I thought I knew better. But you, I didn't know better. Did I didn't okay. take the advice of the older people in my life that were saying. Do this step this week. Do this step next week. And then by the time you write your research paper, you will have done this process for eight weeks. And then you kind of unfold it. You give me the draft. You revise it. Boom. So you probably had, like, over these eight weeks, like, you probably had a couple weeks that you were feeling good. Like, like weeks one through four, you're probably like, I got this. Baller. I got this. Week five through six, you're like, yeah, I'll be fine. Week seven comes on. You're like, I still got one more week. Week eight comes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
you're thinking about it. Yep. Right. But you're like, uh, no, I don't. I don't want to get into it. Don't want to face reality. Right. Thursday, Friday, panic, panic, and And then then Sunday night, extreme panic. And I, I can remember being in a study carol in my dorm. Doing a paper on the fall of Rome. <laughs> Think that was too general? Gee, should I have taken the advice of my English professor? You know, and I did eventually, but I just had tens of books that I'd gotten from the library, and I was just with my note cards, and I was just the bobber in the ocean of academia. I had no idea what I was doing, just getting thrashed around, and it, it was painful. And I hated that feeling. I hated that feeling of cramming. And then I came to figure out that process that if I did start chewing on something just a little bit at a time, that my results, one, were way better because they were thought out and they were organized and they were um, not under rushed conditions. And then number two, my general lifestyle mood was so much better Hmm. now i didn't have the extreme euphoria of going from panic turning it in one minute before it's due and then being like yes i didn't have that but that was a great payoff living my life 12 weeks just kind of stretching it out and being better about it so when did you kind of learn that or want that to be more of a part of you See, is today Monday? No, it's Okay. Um, I was talking to my son, Jake, about that yesterday. It's like my second year I started to get into my music ed classes. Yeah. And that's when things started to slow down for me in a good way. And I can remember being that guy that was on the front edge of writing papers. And then the fr- so this end of my sophomore year, end of my second year, by the time I went to my junior year, I had it figured out. Really? I mean, the pacing, the pacing, and I don't know why, but it seems like I'm, I was writing a lot more papers than maybe some of the college students I know. I don't know why. I was writing like a lot of papers, like a lot of long papers. Man, you must have been smart. Good for or you. maybe I was dumb and they're like, dude, you <laughs> need, like you to, need, re- to, you need to research. <laughs> the only way to get smarter is to read more. So, um, but by the time I got to my junior year, and it was more music ed classes and then your core education classes that everybody took and then a few electives. Then I then I was in a groove. And then senior year I had it. I mean not gonna have it like yeah, but my my grade point average went up, my stress level was better, my effort was more consistent just in a steady, you know, gear. Was the quality better of yes. your work? Okay. Totally better. And then I felt like proud and that I was, I could be that guy at 10 o'clock and be sleeping instead of pulling the all nighter. Oh, isn't that then, a good feeling? Then yeah. you could like look at your sweet mates and <laughs> then the Sucka! tables, tables turned. You're like, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm going to go down and get a burrito there or go. I'm going to watch Jeopardy, you know, and then you're going to panic. Th- that's, so, that's true. So I think <sighs> that, um, the 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 theme of this is that many of us live life going from one stress creator to the next and it's a it's a kind of um a self 
theming cycle yes. where you like there's something about being overwhelmed and then anxious in in a still functional way. And I'm not talking about despair and anxiety, you know. Well, it's kind of like a seatbelt. Yeah. It like it holds you in place right. and it keeps you moving from one thing right. to the next. So it was that, you know, some people have that and then they they somehow the tension and the anxiety really ramps up, which they don't like. But when that episode is over, and then the it's like when a brain freeze goes away, you're like, ah, oh, I got freedom now. Until you realize the next thing. Until you realize the next thing. So this isn't really like a, this isn't like a, a, a podcast on like procrastination. Although that would be an interesting episode at some point. Yes. But this is more about like everyone has this everyone always has something they're working on or something that's kind of keeping them on the edge and everyone as soon as that's finished always has another thing that will keep them on the edge so we're kind of exploring this idea of how to like teach this to our this concept to our kids but also let them acknowledge that it's kind of a choice to live this way it's not a a necessity a mandate right um it is interesting because we all see kids that, and, and we can look at it from both ways, kind of as like the living in the like panic procrastination mode, but also like living in that there's always another thing mode. And I'm sure you see a lot of kids, and I know I do too, that like have things they need to do. And we know what it's going to look like when they're up to the, to the final hour. We yes. know what it looks like. We know what it's going to feel like, and we know that they're not going to have quality work to turn in by that time. But I have not really found a solid way to teach that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, and Jack has that. You have that. Wee cold water. Okay, so you have that skill. Like Jack sent me a oh. syllabus oh, or yeah. a calendar for a jazz band that he starts in March. March Jazz Club 406 starts on my birthday. What? Yeah, March 19th. Okay, any Club 406 yeah. members listening remember okay, this, we so go. we got to do this. So, Jack sent me a calendar, and a lot of times we share documents with each other and just kind of look at it and see any bumps in the road, see any typos, or does this look okay? And so here it is, December 19th, and he's three months out, and he's looking at, or December, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. March 19th. Yeah. He's three months. At it. Three, three months ahead. And so that he can get that schedule out to the students in a correct time frame, copy the music, get that ready to go, have all his ducks in a row so he's not thinking about it on March 12th. Right. So on March 12th, you're running the plan, you're executing the plan, but you're also thinking for May 19th yes. and June 19th. And, you know, you're you're already thinking to first day of school next fall. Okay, this is kind of bad, but I, I was kind of spinning this the other way in my head that, like, Jack is already thinking about stuff. Like, like I'm already thinking about stuff in March. Like, shouldn't I just, like, be chill and, like, just let it simmer? Yeah. Because sometimes I do think, I mean, like, you're right. Like, I, I do have that skill, and I'm, I'm pretty... Um, I don't know, forward thinking with a lot of those things. And I like to get that stuff done because it makes me feel better. But it is like kind of based in that, like the the push of, of knowing I have to do things. Um, 
I've talked with Steve about my my affinity for Google Keep, which is our um, schools. Well, we we're a Google Google school. That's hard to say. Google. We are a Google school. Google so we school. use Google Workspace and Keep is like where I keep all my to do. And I know you're a Keep guy. Like yeah. you have your to do up there. It's because of you. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah, because you showed me when you got when you color coded them and got the nice backgrounds yeah, on them. Yeah, but now it's this one big thing with like thirty things on it. I'm like, oh my. No, he's gosh. lost his way. So when I get to school and I turn on my computer, we have a work like a desktop and then like our laptop screen. So two screens. The laptop screen is always Google Keep for me, every time. Oh. So I can always see like what's next. Okay. Um. So I dig that. But then the problem is it's always staring me down, which is like right. maybe a negative if I'm not careful about it. Um, and did I need to do like the Club 406 schedule right away? No, it does make me feel better. But I do like think about that. Like maybe I need to let this simmer a little bit. Um, I do that though because I've talked about this concept before. Like I want to take care of Future Jack. I want to take care of Future Jack. And um, I want to make sure that when I open up my computer, when I... I'm at school next. I don't have to like be worried. I want to know that like past Jack took care of future Jack and I can just open it up and be fresh and be like, I got everything I need. I'm good. Right. I'm good. And I, I really like that feeling and I wish I could somehow instill that on my students because as Steve said, like the work quality improves, but also the like emotion improves and just like feeling more like fresh. So do you talk with your students about the Google keep process yeah day one man i got i got on music theory a little bit last week not like got on him in a mean way but i was i said um as we were approaching we were approaching the end of the semester and every teacher knows that time seems to slow down as you approach the the end date right but i told the students when they got finals coming up the time is gonna it's accelerate and it's gonna move quicker because they're running out of time to do stuff and I told them, like, it's two weeks out. We got two weeks until the end of the semester. You know that right now you're feeling good because you got two weeks. But, like, two days from now, you're going to feel a little ickier, but you're still going to think you're fine. And then Friday comes and you say, I just want to enjoy the weekend. And then suddenly you have four days to do stuff and you have three finals in those days and you have assignments you have to turn in. Right. Like, you need a system. And I told the kids, I don't care what your system is, but you need one. Here's Google Keep. Here's what I use. Right. If you, we, our school has iPads with Notability, which is a sweet like calendar um, template on it. If you want it, yep. right on that. Right. But everyone needs a system. Need you can scrape by up until high school, but like I don't think you can fake it after high school. Like you need something, some organization. Yes, that's that's huge, and. It is, um, as you alluded to, it's pretty. It's predictable to watch students cram at the end, and um, you know. But that that is so not a just a student thing. That's a human thing. Human thing. I mean, we so many people do the same thing. You know, and then work. Um, you know, with whatever your job is, whatever your daily, weekly, monthly schedule is, is like. Um, there's that uh, financial guru. His name is Dave Ramsey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Financial Freedom. Yep. And um, he, um, one of his um, talking points is basically kind of organization and, like, looking ahead. And it's like, you know, if you're a family that celebrates Christmas and you buy gifts, you know that December 25th is always going to be Christmas. 
So it's kind of like the idea, like he was talking about financially, like if you want to spend X dollars on your family in December, don't pull the, I can't afford that in December because it's really not a December issue. It's a July issue or it's a, it's a pacing, what we call budgeting issue, right? And to get what you want in December, you're going to have to live differently in July or whatever your timing is, right? And then, then people that talk about investing about the end of your um, end of your um, working years, your retirement, you know, the benefits of re- investing early. We need to do that with our kids. We need to talk about that with our kids, man. Right. That's good. Because it's the same thing. Like, why don't you do your homework? I didn't have time. What do you mean? I already said that on this podcast once. But everyone's got time. you got the same time. It's you just about how you use it. That's how you use it. Okay. Well, I'm involved in too many things. Okay. Next, <laughs> se- next season, let's reevaluate what you're doing. Well, you go, you assigned it on Wednesday. And I have, I have practice on Wednesday. Right. But you have the whole week to do it. Yeah, but you gave it on Wednesday. Okay. Right, wait, right, wait. Right, think right, this right, one right. through. Right. What if we gave homework out and then we gave them an early bird special? What if they turn it in early? What's going to happen? They go, I don't need to do that. I'll wait till the end and, and then they wait till the end and then they No, the same <laughs> the same 5 kids that turned it in earlier on time like No, that's true. No, I I have thought about this because I when stuff is is not going the way I want it to like in a class and the kids are doing something like or, or exhibiting behavior I want to get rid of. For example, waiting to the last minute to do everything. I try not to change them, but to change what I can change, like what's mm-hmm. in my control first. So like for assignments, instead of giving one mega assignment where they can wait to the last minute, you can like break it up into pieces. Yes. And sometimes that can work depending on how much time I'm in front of them and just like giving them like little bits here and there that they can get done. Sometimes that works. And keeping something like kind of the, as you kind of said, like the steady approach to it can be helpful. Um, Being a performer, like a musician, um, we give our students auditions and they need to submit a tape and we gave them like two weeks to do that. Now, if you're a, a brass player, trumpet, trombone, French horn, baritone, tuba, you can't really cram because your your lip muscles, what we call embouchure, will tire out in a single session. And there are some woodwinds that can right. be affected by that too. But that's like a moment that it you can't, you literally can't cram because if you try and wait to the last minute, you just sound really, you really bad yourself, and right. you hurt yourself. So, I mean, I think that's a moment, at least if it was not like successful, hopefully that was like teachable to some kids that experienced that. Right. And I do think the older kids realize that and they go, I'm right. not doing that again. Yes. Yes. And I think maybe something that we could bring into the classroom, well, something we do in the classroom at different times, you and I have taught band together and we've had some really good performances in April when we get ready for our state contest. And more times than not, when you and I have taught together, we've coasted into the final week as in not like scrambling in the second, the final week. In our rehearsals, how we rehearse yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't true. feel panicked, right? Okay, um, and I mean, I, I can remember a couple of years ago we played a tune that that was a ballad, and we were feeling it was after COVID, and we were feeling a little spicy about mm-hmm. it. Like we're like, we had a little panic. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. But it got the students figured it out. 
and it was a matter of just going over it 10,000 times. But but the, we've also been in ensembles, whether as a teacher or as a student, where you're coming up to the performance date, and especially something that's like an adjudication, right, a contest, and you feel that panic. And then what does that do to your time, the 10 rehearsals before, the five rehearsals, four, three, two, one, it seems like the amount of things to do increases and your time decreases. Yes. So on this graph, it's just splitting apart from each other. And it sets in a sense of panic. And that is counter musical. Because what we want to do when mute is performing music is have our muscle memory well established and then allowing our emotional aesthetic side to make correct choices and responses to have musical performed so the subjective and objective come together when you cram you don't get that fluidity between the two back and forth and it, it becomes very task mastered which is anti-music right it's true now there are some people that would say they function better cramming oh they're stupid Ooh, hot take. No, <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna ask you. Do you think that's actually true? I think, I think they acknowledge that there's a sense of adrenaline flowing through them. Okay, they're not stupid. Okay, but some people do perform at a very high level in a very short span of time. Sure. I don't know if they enjoy. Yeah, it. those are smart people, right? Though, <laughs> those I are know, the smart I know people. some very smart people that are right it up to the last minute and can knock out a five out of five and give you a little extra something because it's so good. I don't think I'm one of those people. I am no one. <laughs> I know some people that I'm very close to in my life that can knock that stuff out, and I'm just like, how did you do that? But did you enjoy the process? Right. I think it goes back to the, to the Scott Spradling episode when he said all – all he can control is his effort. Right. And he's he is definitely the person that has a plan and, and knows what the plan looks like um, well right. in advance. And, okay, so I just, I want to give this to the kids, but, like, I don't know how. And, you know, you think of, like, the, the burnt stove, hand on hot stove thing. Like, all it takes is a kid to do it once and they never do it again. No, this is, like, hand on hot stove, but kids, kids keep coming back for seconds. They're like, can I touch it more? Can I please keep burning my hand? Like, I don't know. I don't know. And I want to show them. Like, I want to show them, like, yes, the short term might feel a little ickier because you're starting sooner. But the payoff at the end feels so much better. Right. And you can't see the end until you feel the icky beginning. And the icky beginning is what keeps kids away. And then they're suddenly all they can think about is that icky beginning, whether it's two weeks out one week yes. out, two days out, four hours out, and then they just, at some point, they just have to jump in the cold shower yes. and get through it. But, like, they don't have to. And how do we show them that they don't have to? There's this whole other side, and we tell them every day. We say, hey, if you start this now, you can pace yourself. Oh, I just work better at home. I work better while I'm watching TikTok. I, think I work better it, when my iPad's it's dead. It's... But it would be like if they did it once and they grinded just a little bit early on. So the, the closing weeks were easier 
they would be hooked. They would. But it's getting through that yes. first set of gates that is like, they're like, no thanks, I'd rather have my free time now. So I, I don't know. We just, I guess, help help them have that experience. Maybe Maybe we set up... Maybe we set up smaller assignments at a higher frequency to help achieve that. You know, maybe it's a three-day process and not a three-week or a three-month process. Give them something to chew on. Well, you and I had talked. Here, here's our plan, listeners. Here's our plan for our band. Okay, we're homework. Get them! Okay. Here's what we're going to have our kids do on the first day, or the first day we give homework. We're going to have them take a video of... What nothing themselves 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 or, or saying hi, yeah, like introduce take, themselves, yeah, any random video, and we're gonna have them turn that in because we are taking a scaffolded approach to turning in homework, digital homework, digital right. homework, digital citizenship of homework. So then they have that step taken care of, and then we up the ante like a little bit more. Right. We don't know what that's gonna be yet, but we know we have our path and our trajectory no, because we want to teach them that if they just get going sooner, right. I s- okay, 10 minutes ago, I said this is not a podcast on procrastination. But you kept on putting it off, and now it is. <sighs> okay, I got a good story about procrastination. Mm, I love it's a good this, Steve story. Okay, okay, here we go. I don't know if you've heard this one before. This is pretty brutal. Um, the same guy that, okay, his name's Fred. I'm sure he's not listening. But Fred was the ultimate procrastinator. Very smart. Is he still working on that assignment from 30 years ago? He probably is. <laughs> very smart. Okay. Very unorganized. Very. Funny guy. Knew everybody. Got along with everybody. Would rather do what he wanted than what needed to be done. And he always came up with a justifi- justification why he didn't need to. But I can remember being in the library at DePaul University and he was working on a paper. Now, this is how Fred worked on the paper. And I, I can't remember what class. It's irrelevant. But Fred was sitting in a computer lab because in the, we went we had to go to the computer lab, right? And so in, um, he had his books all stacked up at the computer lab. So he was writing his paper from the books. Not plagiarizing, but he was not scaffolding his paper he had no plan he had he, no no cards. he was just ramming no and jamming outline because it was due and it was one of those things where like he worked into the wee hours right <sighs> and so i don't think the um um the library was open all night so he came back at the crack of dawn coffee in hand and is like working on this assignment okay and he's sitting in these rows of these computers that had the green dots on them, oh. right? And then you, the printer was a dot matrix printer, right? And so he, we also had the five-inch floppy disks, right? Okay? So Fred is there. And then remember on those computers, it wasn't like Google that just saves everything as you go. You had to hit save before you changed screens or took the disk out or you did not save what was there. So what could go wrong? Fred was like free, freewheeling this assignment from nothing, right? In the computer lab, there were also a set of twins, girls that were a year ahead of us, okay? 
we knew them on campus. We had seen them. They were athletes of some kind, and they always, like, dressed the same, and they were identical, okay? Didn't really know them, didn't know it was up, but they were in the computer lab at the same time, okay? So Fred is doing his thing, and he gets up, and he needs to go to the front desk, and as he goes through the row of desks, he bumps the power cord of one of the rows of one of the rows of computers and the computers go and the two girls were at the computer and their computer shut down fred leaves he doesn't know what happened the girls now as i'm thinking about this i don't know why it didn't stop this but maybe i went out with fred i don't know but girls went bananas because they lost all of their document saves right because fred hit the power switch fred was gone for like five minutes when he came back he tried to open his floppy disk on his computer and it was like saying disk error or whatever it said and he took it out and there was a big pencil through the middle of it The girls, the girls took his computer disc and stabbed their pencil through it and shoved it back in. And the beauty is, we don't know which twin did it because they're identical. So, so it was like Fred was out of commission. He had procrastinated so bad that fate was not in his hands. That is an impeccable story. That's that's fascinating. Oh my god! He had nothing to fall back on. Stabbing a floppy disk with a pencil. Yeah, they they were ruthless. They were mean. Well, he shut off their computer. He I know. like totally blew them up. <laughs> Holy cow! Um, poor Fred. Maybe we need to have um, college students in. That would be fascinating. That would you know that would be really fun to have like a a junior in high school. And maybe like a freshman, freshman in college, and, like and maybe like a junior in college. I there is like a wake up call that you get in college. I think for a lot of people, and I'm not gonna say I like. I mean, I was a pretty organized dude, but I can remember. There was like a turnaround moment for me when I realized that writing an outline for whatever essay I was gonna write was like 100% worth the time. Like writing an outline because once you have it up, the work is done. You put your quotes in there. You know what you're going to talk about. Yes. It's like a mini paper, but then you just kind of fill in the, yes. the the fluff that you need to. Jack, we call that scaffolding. Well, in college, I didn't know what to call it because I didn't know the <laughs> word. But, man, I was trucking through that right. stuff. Dude, I blew up my music history class like, in a good way. I got – okay, this was like – I nerded out for this. Yeah. But this was like Shocking. right when – thanks. This was right around the time that like um, iPhones – could like connect to the Macs and you could like use your phone as a remote for your Mac. And I had to give a presentation on some piece of music, um, like a, some German song. And I. Dieterliebe. Yeah, yeah, wait, <laughs> Liebe. What was it? Lieberstrom. No. Li- um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some. Yeah. It was some German thing, and it was like um, a, a story, but yeah. it was also a song. And you had to like highlight moments where the music reflected the lyrics. Oh, and, word like, painting. Use, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I like figured out how to link my phone and my computer. And dude, I was like a 
TED talk up there. I yeah. was like rolling and I got really into it because I like was finally organized and figured out how to like put in sound files in the presentation and like get everything oh, that I needed to. Yeah. And so I could just like ram and jam and I got like really pumped out of that. And that was like a good grade and it was like a good experience that I can still remember. But it was really because I was prepared. Oh, yeah. And I like I took the time to make all you that stuff proud. happen. Yeah. And I was proud and I was kind of interested in like the concept itself, which was like probably secondary or tertiary to like the, the sequence of events. But I I was like into it and I was able to be into it because I was organized and had my stuff together that I yeah. could create that momentum. And I want to I want to teach that to the kids. Now, if I'm not an English teacher, but I'm sure that there are some English teachers out there that could do that, that are like teaching like research skills and how to get going with that. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't know. I want to teach that like with practicing teach that with um with just like completing homework and, and teach that skill and well yeah. and you and i've talked about with practicing like i'm sure you started making a plan like a, a practice plan yes. like you've talked about that yeah. in your your multiple tempos to hit i didn't start doing that until far late far too later in my career in college practicing and trying to make a plan and, and like scheduling out how to do that but a lot of people think it's about putting in time and not checking off boxes and i think that's where kids get sideways they're like man this is going to take time but like no just think of it as a goal golly yeah it's not about if you're right if you're organizing a research paper it's really not about putting in two hours no it's about getting the list done so i guess the way that you teach students i think a couple things come to mind going back to the band thing is giving the students an experience where your journey in the classroom is demonstrating that that you you demonstrate that and you walk with them and i think about preparing band music um about making sure that we don't cram with students and we don't feel panicked and we don't ever take that out on them because things aren't going well at the end like we we don't create that sense of anxiety and stress at the end mm -hmm. we don't we don't bring that to the rehearsal room and the reason is because it's not there. And the reason it's not there is that we've done our homework, quote, early on that we allowed them to kind of systematically go through the music, right? Um, but I do think there's something in small chunks, um, more rapid revisitation of, of that concept. And I think, you know, going on to our... Um, you know, just something as simple as what we're going to do with band shortly, just about, excuse me, getting the videos going in the digital assignments, like getting something that they can do well. Um, but then also I think about that, like with music theory, teaching that, that I know where we have to go in nine weeks, 18 weeks, you know, and then getting ready for the AP test. And... I know if I'm behind or I know if we're ahead, but I can't force that on the students. So I, I can't um, take that out on the students. Right. And I can't let them experience that idea that we're um, panicked, panicked, you know, and I and I think I know in jazz band, I've been aware of saying you remember last year when we did this tune? You remember how like how fun that was? They're like, yeah. 
like we just kind of got ready and we just kind of got ready to go and it was like easy and we're like yeah yeah let's do that again you know let's let's have a early burn on this thing you know just mm-hmm. kind of a slow burn and kind of get that going so demonstrating that i think um as we've mentioned a few other times is like mentioning back i think sharing personal experiences yeah sharing your highlight music theory uh, music history of having a, a moment of experiencing that uh, or going on the other side of a tense moment or just like i really learned a lot from that or what that is and um, you know, the benefits of that. Right. Um, and um, so I think we the, the bottom line is we don't want the students to ever feel like they're a victim of their assignments or Ooh. of their schedule. Right? Because they always have a choice. Because they always have a choice. And, you know, there's students that choose not to do anything after school and extracurriculars. That's their jam. Some students get straight A's. Some students do no programs after school and they have a 1.5 grade point average some students do everything imaginable at school and get a 4.0 and some students do everything imaginable and get a 1.5 doesn't matter how you spin it it doesn't matter kids out there there's there's time and there's conflicts and there's appropriate space to get it done yes we work with students that somehow stitch it all together and sometimes it doesn't seem real logical or cohesive but somehow they get it all together and done and some students don't panic because they've been grinding and they've been working on this they figure it out but it's it doesn't matter what you're involved in or not involved in it doesn't matter how many classes or not that concept is still the same of of taking a little bite and proceeding a little bite and proceeding right preach it man it's true i have one more final thought about this too final thought with jack hinkle i think work your work life as a human in this planet is always based on time you work 40 hours a week you work part-time so many hours it's always how many hours did you put in it's not what'd you get done right it's not what you got done it's how many hours did you put in and, like, how many people are out there who, quote, put in 40 hours this week, got done nothing or got done very little? Mm. And, like, how many people who put in just a little bit got done a lot, you know? Like, it's ironic because we live on, that, on a class schedule. We get 50 minutes a day with each class to do what we need to do. So it's literally putting in time. I know I have 50 minutes every day, 50 minutes with the kids. But, like, we're, we live in a goal-oriented world because we have yeah. to. And the kids don't ever see that goal-oriented world. They come in, and they know that first hour starts at 8.20, and they're waiting for the clock to hit 9.10. Actually, it's 9.15 because that one's longer. 9.15 so they can move on to the next class. And then they see it at 9.20, and they're waiting until 10.10 to move on to the next. Everything's time-oriented, and it's not, like, goal-oriented. And that's because that's what we're creating. That's what, like, society has created is this time-oriented thing. How many hours did you work this week? Oh, I worked uh, 17. Great. You got paid for 17 hours. But, like, what did you do? Did you did you get all your shelves stocked? You know, like, what yeah. what'd you do? It doesn't matter because we're right. working on time. Right. Let's work on goals, man. Goals. Right. That's true. Now, sidebar, I totally agree. Now, if you're working at the local retail store or fast food and you worked – I worked 17 hours this week, and you're just like checking boxes and cooking fries and stocking shelves. That 
that's working 17 hours. That's true. I don't have the distance. You're not prepping and you're no. not planning. You're just. You're just going. You're just going. Yeah, you're grinding. That's okay. true. That's true. But the other side of things is um, people that maybe have a more fluid job with professionals or people our age who are like, yeah, I put in like 50 hours last week or 60 hours. And it's like, I worked all day Saturday and Sunday. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, I'm not opposed to hard work or long days, but are you okay? Did you get, are you ahead or did you have a breakthrough moment or, you know, like that's, that's good. So is this a procrastination podcast? What did you say it was? I At one point I said it wasn't about that. No, what was the word we started with? Demon. Demon. Hmm. I, we, I think we talked more. Well, did we talk more about procrastination or more about demons? Procrastination. Demons are what happens. Like the, the Sunday scaries is what happens when you procrastinate. Yeah. When you don't take care of future Jack. <sighs> Past Jack. Right. Thought you had it better. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. That's it. Well, maybe we can do some of that, like, more. You and I will be, Jack and Steve are teaching again. We're, we'll be in the same classroom. Twice. Twice. Back to back. Back to back. We're gonna back get, to back, we Jack. Got, we're going to get it going. We got it. So maybe we can work proactively about that. Proactive about procrastination? Proactive about being proactive. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proactive yeah, yeah. about proactive. There you go. There you go. That's it. Not reactive. Not not today. All right, folks. Well, thank you for joining us for season two. Season two, we started. We're going to do 26 more episodes. Okay. We'd like you to continue to follow us on Chops underscore podcast on TikTok and on Instagram. Also, we're on Chops podcast YouTube video podcast. We're also on Chops Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Dang. Mm. If you like what you hear, rate and review. Or if you don't like what you hear, rate and review. That's fine, yeah, too. Subscribe. Be honest. Like. Follow. And that's all. I think that's it. That's it. This is it. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back. Season two. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great job. It's going to be a great time for all of us. So, for Steve Peterson and Jack Hinkle, we're out of here.